0: Welcome to Chapter 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Steve Hess, CIO at University of Colorado Health. In this segment, Hess talks about the guiding principles he employed when leading a major epic implementation, his thoughts on customization versus configuration, and the art of encouraging collaboration without getting lost in a sea of input. Hi Steve, thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us today. Sure thing. To give our readers and listeners some information, can you just provide an overview of UC Health, um, you know, in terms of uh, number of hospitals and um, maybe a little bit of your history?
1: Absolutely. So, UC Health is actually a fairly new health system that came about in 2012. It was really a, a consolidation of three fairly large health systems in Colorado. So University of Colorado Hospital, which is essentially a standalone academic medical center, formed a a new system called University of Colorado Health, or or short name is UC Health, with Poudre Valley Health System, which is two hospitals in northern Colorado, and then Memorial Health System, which is two hospitals in, in Colorado Springs. So, you know, almost overnight, three systems came together, about 500 beds apiece to create UC Health, and that's what we are today. So we're five hospitals, about um, 1,600 beds in total, a little over 15,000 employees. 104,000 admissions, 2.8 million clinical visits, and a net revenue of about $2.8 billion. So, again, formed in January 2012, so a little uh, over, you know, three and a half years old. So, a, a new health system, a, a very good health system. Three of the hospitals are Magnet hospitals, and you know really good quality scores and good financial success. So a new system, but a great foundation to grow upon. I'm the CIO for University of Colorado Health. I actually came to Colorado, I guess it was about six years ago now, um, to be the CIO at University of Colorado Hospital, and then when UC Health was formed, I became the CIO there. I've been in healthcare IT for over 24 years now, and it's really an exciting time to be in healthcare IT. I think the things that we're doing are really pretty pretty awesome, uh, pretty great from the perspective of not only patient safety, but really with patient engagement, outreach, health information exchange. It's really an exciting time to be in healthcare IT.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now... um when these health systems did merge, was it mainly just for an for economic viewpoint, just being able to get stronger and, uh, you know, uh, be able to stand up to to all the changes going on in the industry?
1: I think that's the, the underlying big reason is that we all felt like, while University of Colorado Hospital and Poudre Valley Health System and Memorial were very successful standalone systems, the reality is, is the, the changing landscape of healthcare care just really demands economies of scale, trying to find some ways to, to you know, lower costs, improve care, um, you know, being part of accountability care organizations or value-based purchasing. The reality is is if you're larger, you have opportunities to do some, some better things uh, as a system.
0: And that was, you said that's... Six years ago, that you've been in Colorado, because you you were first with the University of Colorado Hospital.
1: Exactly. Yep. Okay. I was a CIO for a a fairly large system in the Mid Atlantic region for five years prior to coming out to Colorado.
0: Okay. Which one was that?
1: That was Christiana Care.
0: Oh right. Okay. I'm I'm in New Jersey, so familiar with that one.
1: Okay. Yep. Okay.
0: All right. When you arrived at University of Colorado, was uh, was epic in place at that point, or what kind of, what had to be done at, at that time?
1: It was not. So I actually came out to University of Cairo Hospital to implement EPIC and also implement Lawson as, uh, as the ERP solution across the system as well. So, yeah, we took 26 clinical systems and collapsed them to a single EPIC instance. So uh, it was a very much a best-of-breed environment yeah. between ED and ambulatory and inpatient and OR and Cancer Center and so on and we we took all those systems and collapsed them to EPIC and you know, that I came out there for that challenge. We also did the same thing, again, on the on the ERP side with Lawson.
0: So you came in, uh, you know, knowing that this is something you were going to tackle. Did you kind of, did you already have it in mind, like, this is how this should be approached? Or um, like, how did you look at that?
1: Yeah, so, you know, my, my history was actually with uh, a Cerner. So Care was a Cerner shop. So Epic was fairly new to me. I mean I obviously understood what Epic was and the fact that it was an enterprise system and that it would, you know, cross many of those patient areas. So I had a high level concept of how I wanted to set up the project, set up the governance structure and so on. But I you know, my first couple of months on the job back in two thousand nine we're just meeting with people and listening and, and hearing what their concerns were with current IT systems, current IT governance and made sure that we set up the the epic project with guiding principles and also making sure that the you know, I, I had my finger on the pulse of how the organization really works. So I had a, a framework a you know a a way to actually manage the project to success, but I also wanted to make sure that I understood the culture, understood who the the influencers were, and make sure I build those relationships with those folks. The reality was is that you know, we treated the Epic implementation not as an IT project. I know that's easier said than done, but we really looked at it as an enterprise project, obviously using IT tools. So. I'm a big believer in always looking at people, process, and tools, and often the, the IT systems are just the tools. And we really have to make sure that the people are ready and the processes are, are ready to actually take advantage of the new tools. So really looked at it from that framework.
0: When you talk about the guiding principles, I, I imagine that, that that was one of them which you kind of just talked on, but was there any other, anything that really also served as, as a guide
1: yeah so um you know with a a project that 's as huge as an enterprise electronic health record yeah you know, we we laid out the the principles such as you know why not epic so there's often the the well, we have this best of breed system in the e d and it works great for us and the the epic e d module isn 't going to be quite as good as that, so can we just remain on our own system so we laid out obviously number one is why not epic, and we 've always taken that approach of. Whenever we have a a need, a business need or clinical need, we always look at can Epic fulfill that for us because it's always going to be better and more integrated than a standalone tool. So that was number one. Number two was actually focus on the Epic foundation system. Back then it was called the model system. And the idea was uh, try to avoid customization for the sake of customization. Try to make sure that we're doing things in a very standardized way. And then, you know, the reality is the the biggest guiding principle that we laid out there was be collaborative but get to the decision. And you know, with a with an enterprise scale project, it's easy to just get paralyzed by analyzing the different options and looking at the system and saying, you know, we need to change our process or you know, we need to have these sixteen groups weigh in on this and so on. So we set up the governance structures to be very collaborative and inclusive of clinicians, leaders, frontline staff and so on, but we set it up so that we could get to decisions quickly and efficiently because the, the reality is that you wanna go live. If, if you're sitting there and your project takes three years, you're, you're paralyzing the organization because you're not going to make change with your legacy systems because you know there's new systems coming. So in essence, the, the duration of the implementation, you're essentially paralyzing the organization. So get to the decision, get to the go live date, and then you can start optimizing and, and getting to a better place. So, you know, those are the foundations of the guiding principles. Use EPIC, use the EPIC foundation system and be collaborative, but keep moving, get to the decision.
0: Did you find that to be a challenge with, from the customization angle just because, um, you know, especially when you were in an environment that's best to read, people are probably used to being able to do that to a large extent?
1: It's always a challenge, right? And, you know, customization and configuration are, are two words sometimes used interchangeably, and they do mean different things. So mm-hmm. when we talk about customization, we're really talking about you're doing something extremely different than, you know, um, what the the core system is doing versus configuration where you're saying, okay, this department is Configured for this workflow, but it's still within the construct of the standard system So we we, we don't avoid configuration We actually encourage configuration to make sure that it works well for the individual departments and so on It's the customization. We're really kind of going you know, rogue's probably too strong a word, but we're going very different from the standard system. And that's what we really tried to avoid. You know, uh, obviously, the the standard Epic implementation has a pretty good approach for validating workflows against the, you know, the model or foundation system. And you can then document where you actually made decisions that were different than the, the model or foundation. And that's, that's helpful because it's again including the the sit, the the frontline staff the leaders and so on in those decisions and then you document it so that you have that for posterity so you know, a lot of organizations um, probably struggle with that. Um, we actually were pretty successful with it, not perfect by any stretch, but by being inclusive and actually articulating the value of trying to stay to the model or foundation system, we got pretty good buy-in. Again, not perfect by any stretch, but we're, we're in a good place because of, of the approaches that we took back then.
0: Right. And and one of the other things that you touched on that, that I'm sure is can be tough is, um, striking that balance between, you know, being collaborative, but but also, uh, you know, not wanting to to get lost in having too much input and, uh, you know, having to uh, to kind of draw that fine line.
1: Yeah, and it's it's an art. It's not really science. Um, so what we did was we really set up a, a very clear decision-making structure that started with the board of directors and then the executive team and then the the epic executive steering committee and then cascading down to a physician advisory group and a, you know, nursing advisory group and an ambulatory advisory group and so on. So it was very laid out, visual. You could actually see what the decision-making authority was of each group, so that wasn't a surprise to anybody. And and then we, and this is actually really important, we set up a, a decision tracker where every single decision that had to go to a group in that decision-making structure got documented. And we had a workflow where those decisions could be very easily seen anytime time of what the decision is, when does it need to be made by, who is the decision-making group, and what the status of it is. And that's where we actually had our decision-making documents that had options in them linked to the decision. So at any point, we could actually see what decisions are out there, what needs to be made yet, which ones are the highest priority based upon the date that it's needed. And, you know, frankly, about two weeks before go live, every single decision that you make gets second-guessed. I can't believe we made that decision that's not going to work for us so having the decision tracker allows you to go back in there and see that oh that's why we made the decision here who's who was involved in the decision and it's still the right decision so let's move forward and that that actually proved to be extremely successful for us the other thing and this is again a little bit art but we we lined up the meetings within the decision-making structure such that that they were sequential so that if you know there's a a meeting that that of the physician advisory group it was always right before the epic executive committee such that you know those the kinds of decisions that had to go through the physician advisory committee up to the epic executive committee were all being made within one week of each other so that again the, the final decision approved decision could be made fairly quickly it wasn't months apart between meetings it was days apart between meetings